0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Uncorked with Funny Wine Girl. This is Funny Wine Girl Janine Luby, and it is what the hell is it? September. That's right, it's September. We just got off of my theme of August was education, and uh, I don't really have a theme for September other than fun because, you know, of course. I had my dear friend Oliver on a couple of weeks ago with me and we were just being totally goofy and God love anyone who stuck around for that conversation because I was getting goofy, but I love to celebrate my birthday. I'm a Virgo, September 3rd. Like I like to say, don't worry if you missed it. I celebrate all month and then some. So I'm just happy to be having great people on every week, especially women. As I always like to say, I like to promote women. So there's no real theme to September other than just bringing you content that I think is fun and informative and inspiring. So this week, I'm super excited because you've heard from her before. Gab Benesso from Pittsburgh, amazing comedian, public speaker, mental health advocate, and just like a ball of energy that I just adore. So I'm super excited to have her back. Welcome Gab Bonesso
1: thank you so much for having me and happy belated birthday again.
0: <laughs> thank you. I, I, I know. Do you,
1: do you like birthdays? Oh, I love that. That, Oh, golden girls. I had to do it. I was like, I got to wear her for like, it's a woman thing. Um, yeah. so I love, I'm a Pisces. So I love your birthday more than I love mine. That's how that is. Like I, I love, I'll, I love celebrating everyone. I love, but I hate my own birthday. Just not a fan. Okay. All right. And it's not about know. aging. Like, I'm grateful to be alive. Okay. I just, I, ever since I was a little kid, I just don't like it. I don't like all the attention on me. I, I get, I feel guilty for receiving presents. It's torture, but you know, we have to do it. <laughs> okay. All
0: right. And as a kid, I don't remember, I'll be honest with you. I feel like I enjoy it more now as I'm getting older. Cause as a kid, I mean, granted we had cake and stuff, but I never had like, I mean, some kids now it's like a, you know, bar mitzvah or it's like a, the, oh my- you know, a wedding, you know, it's like, Oh, let's rent out this. And I mean, we didn't do that when I was a kid. I have pictures of my ninth birthday and oh I should have posted them last week. Maybe I will still next week. Uh, playing games in my backyard and no dissing my parents. I love them, middle class, hard working family. We were not at some place we were throwing pennies, it was like <laughs> a coin toss, throwing pennies into things, hitting each other over the head with balloons, and walking through like a balloon arch. My friends, I have pictures of them holding up balloons, and like we were sitting, playing like the magic ball, passing it around. So that's that's the excitement, but it was fine. I mean, it was absolutely fine, it really was. It's oh. just As I've gotten older, I just love it. I just love it.
1: Yeah, well, I, like, very little we would do, like, Chuck E. Cheese and stuff like that. My parents would take, and I had, like, a very close-knit group of neighborhood friends that I was very comfortable with, so it was just my best friend, Bethany, and then my two male friends, Joey and Ronnie, and the four of us would go to Chuck E. Cheese. That was about, like, the extent, I wasn't good at socializing, like, I didn't have, like, friends from school come to my house ever, so, like, that was never going to be a thing. Family parties were fine, but yeah, no, I don't know, I just... Hi. I don't know. I didn't love it for me, but I loved everybody else's birthday. Wonderful thing. Now, I don't know when you were a kid, cause I'm older than you, but like,
0: I'd get excited. There weren't too many of them, but some kids would have their parties at like McDonald's and they'd have oh, like yeah. that big thing of orange juice, you know, and the cheeseburgers. And maybe you'd get a coupon for free fries. And then there was a cake with Ronald on it. And I only went to a few of those, but that
1: was kind of exciting as a kid. Yeah, It's my, my 11th birthday. We did it at the McDonald's fun place. And uh, yeah, and that was, a, it was a, well, we, you know, it was good, but it was like one of those situations where once again, I just had my three friends. So so we, it was like a shared birthday with strangers and my, we were like getting picked on by kids we didn't know. And I just remember that being like, this isn't, I don't like this, but I got a Batman watch and I was so excited. Oh, well that's so yeah, cool. Was, yeah. Yeah. I remember like presents more things like that. I don't know. Yeah. Birthdays. I love them. I'm, I'm, I'm happy you were born. That's the fact. <laughs> okay. And yeah, enough of that. I, I agree. Thank you.
0: Now along yeah. the lines of Chuck E. Cheese, I have to say something about that and I won't go too far off on my rants, but like everywhere I go now and I, because I don't have kids, maybe that's part of it. I mean, they're cute human beings if I know them and like them, but kids are like encouraged, like bring the family to the winery, like they're building playgrounds. Can we start having like bachelorette parties in a Chuck E. Cheese? Like, is it Turnabout is fair play or like, you know, I'm jumping in the ball
1: pit. Is that cool or no? <laughs> I, I'm team that. Like that's like, that's the only way I would ever want a bachelorette party. If you're like, yeah, it'll be a Chuck E. Cheese. I'd be like, okay, then I'm in. Trampoline park, let's do it. But yeah, you're right. I think we need to swap it out. I for think For like the adults.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hey, if, if kids can be there while mama's drinking her juice and like, hey, come see how the wine gets fermented. I want to be like grabbing those tickets off the skee ball machine, like I think with abandon and a glass of wine in my hand. So, Uh, oh my
1: god, I have to say though, as as a children's performer, my band, we live for those gigs. Like if we get like a Saturday afternoon at a family brewery, it's like this is amazing because the parents are like this is great the kids can go over see that kids band well we get trapped like like we basically become babysitters and entertainment but i don't care they're good gigs book us <laughs> yeah and and i don't blame you for
0: that at all and i think i I just, and we had this kind of conversation, I think a little bit last time about what's acceptable now and like what you can quote unquote complain about or whatever. And it's like, I feel like I can't, it's just weird years ago, this wouldn't have been a thing, but it's like literally the place where I do my shows, the one winery in the Poconos, they just built this like really pretty nice big playground. And I'm like, Hmm, like, I just don't get that. And I just saw a post from a brewery for like a, a family fun day. And I'm like, what I get from a business perspective, because I'm sorry, I don't really think it's all about like, hey, let's get the family together around the keg. Like that's wholesome or something. But like, I think it's just like wherever the parents need to be or want to be, let's invite them, the kids, because then they'll come and they'll spend money. Like, that's kind of what I'm thinking the take is on that. I don't know.
1: Oh, it definitely is. It's totally horrible. And you're a hundred percent right. Like I remember even early in my standup career, I was doing a show and it was late. It was like 11 o'clock at night. a woman had her baby at the venue. And I remember, and and I can't remember what my joke was, but I definitely said like a bad word. She stormed up to the stage and was like, there's a baby in the audience. And I'm like, why is there a baby in a bar at 11 (laughs) o'clock at night? And she was so irate that I even suggested that that was weird. But I mean, 10 years ago, that just felt weird. Like I, it still feels weird to me. You shouldn't have babies in bars, but Hey, you do you, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, Hey, I saw a baby this summer at a, uh, it was, well, it was a modern version, a modern take on a Shakespearean play. And it was done with all queen music. I saw this woman bringing the child in, in the little carrier. And I'm like, again, I'm like, come on now. Right. I will say to her credit or somebody's credit, uh, the baby's credit, the baby didn't make much noise. It wasn't until like maybe the second half that it, you know, cried a little bit, but I'm like, Really? And and you know what? I'll stop on this line of thinking because I will just not shut up and we don't want that. So (laughs) let's talk about that. Last time you had, I think, water or something really healthy tonight. You're
1: on board. You are drinking a rosé, I believe. Well, because it was your birthday. I was like, you know what? We're doing this. We're celebrating. So, yes, I I brought out my uh, my favorite rosé, which is a Coppola. It's a Pinot Noir rosé, which I didn't know, a rosé of Pinot Noir, whatever the heck that means. I guess it's Pinot Noir grapes. I don't, I don't know, but I really like it. It's not too sweet. I hate sweet anything. Um, but, and it's kind of light and it goes down very easily. So I already apologize in advance.
0: Uh, those are the best and worst wines in my opinion, because I drink a lot of them and I drink a lot of them. (laughs) And that gets me in trouble. So it's like uh, a Capri
1: Sun. It's like, oh, uh, this this is for you.
0: Yes, it is. I decided to not, I had enough wine over the weekend for my birthday and I I go to bed and i like, I wake up with a headache a little bit sometimes. And the acidity in a lot of the wines I like, I like white wines that are like semi dry. I don't like sweet either, but it's like being stabbed in the chest. It's like, oh, <laughs> hey, Brute, you know, and I'm just <laughs> like sucking it down. Like you will not make me quit wine. I don't care. I'll take more of those Alka Seltzer Tums Tagamet, whatever the hell it is. But tonight I made myself a martini because I had this, I used to go through a phase, I used to go through, I went through a phase. I love Van Gogh his paintings that's not a phase that's still in my life but my family was buying me Van Gogh vodka that's made I think in France or Holland and it had his paintings in the bottles which were so cool my parents every Christmas they'd buy me didn't matter the flavor it was more about his paintings but I don't know if someone bought the company out and they changed the artwork in the bottle so now it's not really his paintings it's just like you know like fruit or something I'm like I don't need that for a $40 bottle of vodka so anyway this is peanut butter and jelly vodka. I never use it, but I thought I would try it tonight with some chocolate milk and a scoop of chocolate peanut butter ice cream. So.
1: Oh, but it is, it is that um, Van Gogh vodka. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. It was
0: probably the last bottle. I, I told my parents after a while, you know what? I love his artwork. So I thought it was cool to get these bottles, but now like this peanut butter and jelly is literally like I think it's like a squish. It looks like a splat of like jelly and something else. I'm like, yeah, that's not Van Gogh. I don't, I don't need you to right. keep buying these for me. That's okay. <laughs> but yes, it is the the Van Gogh vodka, which it is very good, by the way. It's a good vodka. So all right. Well, that's let's
1: talk. Good. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no. I, it's just funny because like one of the first things you said tonight and you weren't recording it was just Ducky. And then you're going on about Van Gogh. And my mother's catchphrase was just Ducky. And she was obsessed with Van Gogh. And my mother like, I've really been feeling her a lot lately in the air. So it was just really wild that you were like, bang, bang on those two points. I'm like, wow, Okay, she's in this interview with us. So if the lights go weird or sounds off, it's my mother. She's just visiting. It's OK. Hey,
0: I love that she loved Van Gogh. I got to. And I again, I don't want to make this about me because I want to talk about your recording. But Huge fan of his, went to France, went to his uh, gravesite, uh, got to go to Provence where he uh, did Starry Night, all those wonderful places. And initially, when I was going to his gravesite, when I was uh, first time I ever got to go to France. I was lost on the train, didn't know which stop to get off. That is how I met the one woman that I've been friends with now since 2001 or two. She and her husband have come to Scranton. They've stayed here for a week. I've stayed at their home in St. Louis La Forêt, and we uh, stayed together in Provence uh, in Bonnie together. So Ivan Gogh brought me to them and vice versa. So it's been beautiful for me. That is so cool. Yeah. It was a case of Janine doesn't like to do her homework. And I had the book, but I'm like, oh, He's buried in Oves, was, and I'm probably not saying that right. I'm like, that will be the stop, the name of the stop. It wasn't. I'm like, hmm, then which town do I get off at? Saw this petite woman. She's like my mom's age. She could not have been kinder or sweeter. And we wrote postcards and we've remained uh, friends ever since. And it's like, it touches my heart uh, because it was like 2001 or two, I think. And it was right after the whole bullshit of the freedom fries, which I never fully got anyway. And I literally had people in my life, which I'm like, how am I friends with you that are like, why are you going there? They hate us. I'm like, oh, they, they all signed like a declaration that they hate Americans every single one. So I, I I couldn't wait to get home and say what a wonderful experience I had, but I won't go on
1: for that. That's really cool. That is really, really cool.
0: It's it's like one of the things when I get down on humanity and I'm like this, that, and the other thing, it's such a beautiful relationship that we've spent time together and all because I needed help from a stranger on a train and she gave it to me. I'm just like, ah, uh, my heart is full from her. So yeah, and her,
1: that's pretty
0: rad. Yeah, and her family, it's been great, but I want to get to you because you've had super exciting stuff going on August 14th. I think it was you recorded
1: a comedy album in Pittsburgh, I want to hear all about it. So, yeah, it's um, I I recorded the live portion is what I keep telling everybody because everyone's like, so it'll be out like right away. I'm like, well, no, no, I'm recording a bunch of like stuff in studio, too. So it's going to be like. Um, it's going to be basically the album I always wanted to make. It's going to be a combination of live standup, um, like sketches that I write that are audio sketches, music I've written, me just talking to the audience and like fake, you know, like Thank you for buying my album you know like kind of like you're driving kind of weird (laughs) meta kind of odd things um monologues that i've written like that i've i've done on stage before but they're more like theatrical kind of that i think would be well you know be a good audio piece so that it's like yeah it's gonna be a very different kind of album very different um but the live portion is done and that is very exciting and and if i want to do more bits like if i write some new material i want to add to it my producer he's local so he can come to any show and he has mobile equipment so um you know if i do want to add more live stuff i'm not sure i have more than enough i did over an hour and i didn't even want that much so And, and all the live stuff is going to be very um all mental health focused so i called the night um childhood trauma and the dalai lama and that's going to be the name of the album And so like all the stand-up is mental health focused, like every single one. It's like stand-up I've done at my mental health events. It's just my story. It's you know, stories of neuroses, but they're funny because but they're they're rooted in my mental health. So the goal of this album and the eventual tour would be um, a mental health awareness comedy tour so that it's not triggering for audiences. It's actually people learning, but also laughing their butts off at the, the madness that has been my life. So my goal would be to, like to team up with some type of nonprofit. So I'm also raising money for a cause that I truly believe in. And then I have hopes and dreams of like turning this into some type of filmed special that would also be like um, a documentary about mental health, but also comedy. It's kind of, it's a bizarre concept that I'm pitching, but yeah, that's sort of the general idea of what I'm working on. And I hope to have the album out by the summer. That's that's the goal by next late spring, early summer of 2023. That all sounds awesome. That's no, that
0: sounds amazing. And leave it to you. And I respect the hell out of you that you are doing things your own way. And it doesn't sound bizarre. But I think it sounds perfect. Honestly, I think there is a market for it. And I think people will eat it up. And I think it's great how, that you're doing things the way that you want to
1: do them and not like the cookie cutter, you know, oh, this is how we do it. No, I love it. Thank you. Thank you. I, the last album I did was so frustrating because like I, from minute one, I pitched this idea that I'm telling you and they're like, no, no, no. No, just just stand-up, live stand-up, which is never what I ever wanted to do ever in an album. Then I had to record it under really like uh, painful circumstances. Like my brother had just died and they couldn't push off the recording date because they had already booked the release show. So like the, everything about that album was like, I don't know. I just knew I wanted to do completely opposite. And I had to be in com- complete control and I had to hire the producer and it had to just be like all my terms. So yeah, I, I'm really... um. And like and i'm kind of glad like so a lot of people are afraid to fail publicly but for me it was like oh thank god that happened because now i know what i don't want and what i want to do and it and I'm in a very good place mentally. So that has also helped. Like I used to let the voices really be like, Gabby, you can't do that. Like, no, you're a loser. No one likes you. The world hates you. You know, I would just, I berate myself into doing nothing. And now I'm sort of like, well, no, I, I see people put out specials all the time that I don't think are funny. So I may as well put out one out that they don't think is funny. It all works. It, it's fine. It's all good. So, yeah, know, balances. Really, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to really, because like, honestly, Janine, like I got to tell you when I see like major clubs in New York city posting standup. And generally it's like a white straight cis man, right? I'm so unamused by their content. It's stuff I've heard a gazillion times before. It's just nothing. And I'm like, see, I don't, I mean, if that's like the big city if they're still playing that boring game Then I have to do what I, I do from where I am in Pittsburgh. And you know what I mean? So like, I don't know. I just, I've really accepted who I am and what I want and what I don't want. And I don't know, I think that's probably good. <laughs> I agree 100 and I hate when people say
0: 140% because it's like, where the hell do you get the other 40% from? But it's like, I agree wholeheartedly. I love that you're doing that because all that you're saying is so true. Why would you want to do something that's not you? Why would you want? And, and what you're saying too, about seeing things that you don't think are funny and they're out there. And it's like, I see that. And I say that all the time. And it's like, people like this stuff. Like when I see stuff like that's out there national, like, you know, that's quote unquote made it or getting attention. I'm like, people really like this stuff. Like, I don't get it. And there's, there's one guy, he's not like a performer or anything. He's just like a local business guy. Well, Gab, let me tell you, he is under my skin. Like he will post something so inane, like It's good to get out there and say hello to people. Like just something basic. People are like, oh my God, that's the, oh, you're right on. And he'll get like 50 comments, uh, 300 likes. And I'm like, wow, that was earth shattering. Like, and and it's so funny. I talk in code about it with some of my uh, other like colleagues locally here. And they're like, they cracked up because they're like, yeah, we know who you're talking about, but I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, he's, he's an attractive looking gentleman who's, you know, maybe in his fifties, whatever. And I don't know, I've heard so, so reviews on his professional, you know, career or whatever, but he posts stuff and people are like flies to like honey or bees to honey, whatever. I'm like, and I know it gets frustrating because when you're putting out content that you're like, podcast was great. I got like five likes on that. What the hell happened? It's just, but I guess you just have to like, know that you're touching the right people are hearing what you're doing and, and appreciate it and, and try to just focus on that stuff, I guess.
1: Oh, without a doubt. And it's, it's also like, that's what they're shoving down our faces. And if you and I don't like it, there's a ton of people who also don't like it. They just haven't found us yet. So I just almost look at it like, um, I'm a huge like X-Men freak. Like that's my favorite comic book series. So it's like when Professor Xavier had to like use telepathy to find all the mutants, we just need to find our audience space. Like they're there. There are people who want like what we're given and uh, we just have to find them. And it's just gonna be like meeting people like us, helping each other word of mouth in different cities. And I, I that's all I'm interested in right now is finding my fellow mutants all over the country, us supporting each other and us showing the world, like no, the weird art kids are still out here, man. Like, and we're making art, like so, come and see us. It's cool. It's different. It's not the same joke you've heard for fifty years. It's something different. Yeah, yeah,
0: and and, uh, and again, not to go and complain, but like I struggle with, and I know, I, I will tell you, I think of you often, especially from the conversation we had. I don't know which podcast, but about giving people grace, and you're the voice in my head when I'm like. Gab's a better human than me. She is more patient and more forgiving than I am. And I think of you and I think of you often, I'm like, Oh, give people grace. I'm like, yeah, whatever. No. And I try, I try, but like, I feel like you accept things easier and like, not, not that you're like give up, but that you accept, okay, that's how it is. And I, I want to get to that place because you know, doing these shows, I think, you know, like the ones I've been doing, I kind of promote them as ladies nights. And I've been doing that. I was doing that for 10 years. There is a reason I stopped doing it, you know, to sell tickets in advance. Cause this is like one night, the winery staying open late. I'm going maybe traveling an hour. I'm bringing another comedian. I'm not going to go out there for 10 bucks. You know, I want to get paid. I want to pay the other person. And it is so hard. I, I said this, these past two events, the one just had me. So I was gobsmacked. I was like, I don't like people are like, so ladies night, then is that just for women? And I get, and I know we're in a different place now too, with gender. So it's like, I'm not trying to be exclusionary, oh, right, right. which is totally right. not what I'm saying, but it's like, no cock. That's what I'm saying. Uh right, you know, yeah. I'm saying no, I'm saying no to that for And then I was like, I will tell you, even though I can be an asshole, I do think things get to me. Like, I'm like, Janine, are you doing this only because you want your own way? And I'm like, no, no, that's not it. I've had women tell me that they appreciate it, the vibe, the environment. And it's like, are we going to talk about periods? Yeah, maybe. I'm talking about perimenopause now. You know why? Because I'm going through it. And you know who can relate to it? Other women. But this past time, like I had a guy buy a ticket, just one, I actually refunded his money. And he was okay with it. But I and then of course I get there, you know, I'm like, okay, it's all women. This is cool. This is what I want it. And a woman had bought two tickets and one was for her man. And he could not look more like military, flat top, you know, he's the only man in the audience. I'm like, okay, I so I'm like, do I just give up or do I accept and stop? Because I can't certainly control what the audience right. does. But like, and I'm like, well, maybe people don't, to your point about finding the people, I'm like, maybe people don't want this do women not care about this um cuz i can't imagine being so in love that you can't go out one night without your man but hey that's just me i don't, I don't know. right right
1: right <laughs> I, don't know. I know it's it's um i i honestly don't have the answer to that i do feel like um I don't know. Couples are very strange. I've always been very perplexed by people who have to be together at all times. But then at the same time, maybe they want their partner to hear like this material because it's like stuff they can't verbalize. So they're like, you're going to do all the talking for me. So let him hear what you have to say, you know, maybe, I don't know. I also think it is helpful for men. I mean, if there's a guy who wants to sit in your entire show of women, but I'm with you on the one guy, man, I had a very slippery, at my in my album recording there were three men who separately bought tickets by themselves i did not know them leading into this i was having stalking issues with two separate men so this is why i make you have to give me an email when you order tickets This is why i'm being like really strict with online stuff like people don't understand like that and it's not just women i mean everyone gets stalked. not everyone but some people get stalked and it's a part of being in entertainment and, and you have to do things to protect yourself so that's why I've been doing these online tickets, but these three men. And I I had a bunch of women from my gym who were coming to the show. And I just said uh, before the night, I'm like, look, I have these three men. I don't know them. They're coming to the show. I don't know if this could turn into some kind of weird night. People like attacking comedians. Now I'm a very vocal feminist, like so much so that I've definitely hated in circles. Um, And one of the stalkers is like this, like, um, Republican maniac kid who's tried to ruin my life. Like he bought my name as a domain at one point, like very, very like scary person. So I didn't know if he could like buy an email address. Like he's very rich. So I I just like didn't know. So as each man would come up, I'm like, hi, how did you find out about my show? Who are you? You know, I was just like so terrified, but like they ended up being the three nicest men in the world. One of them was like, I don't know. Are you Gab? And I'm like, I am. He's like, I'm just so excited for you, Gab. I'm like, okay, cool. Thanks for coming. Like, it was just so weird, man. But like, <laughs> I'm with you. Like, I get scared. It's hard being a woman. <laughs> it is. It is. And so two things I wanted
0: to say, like you said, maybe the women that bring their, you know, their spouses or whatever, they want them to hear this stuff. And then I did, again, thinking of you, my Gab good moment. I had a moment where I said to myself, you know what? what if she doesn't have female friends? And that is true too. Maybe she didn't have a female friend. So she wanted to go to this night and thought I'll bring, you know, whatever he was, boyfriend, husband, whatever. And I go, okay. So then in that way I felt, okay, Janine, then this is her night out, whatever. But to your other point about the men, the one, like I really, again, I feel like sometimes people might think I'm a bitch or an asshole, or I have strong opinions, but I really struggled when I saw that one ticket purchase cause I've had guys buy two and I don't love that either. Cause I really want to keep it women but they bring their girlfriend or whatever one oh, ticket. Right. And I'm like, what is his intention? So I'm like now looking them up online trying to find them on <laughs> Facebook. And I found someone by his name on Facebook that I figured was him because we had one mutual friend and she was a comedian in the Poconos. And I messaged her. And of course I always expect people to be like me, bad move. <laughs> you people aren't you, they're not going to answer. I would have been like, well, here's how I know him. But she's like, yes, I know him. Why? And I'm like, oh, he just bought it one ticket to my ladies' night. So and she was no help, but that's fine. Uh, but with him, I was like, and his posts were all like, you know, the COVID not real kind of stuff. Biden sucks. The gas prices are because of, you know, so I'm like, Hmm. I struggle with how to handle this. I talked to my friend who does like self-defense for women because he's like, you know what Janine, You are not wrong to be concerned. He goes, don't be paranoid, but it's, you have every right to say. So I ended up being like, Hey, I don't know if you knew this is like a, you know, ladies night out. And I, I, you know, I said more or less, like I'd give him a full refund, blah, blah, blah. And he gave me the, Oh, life's been tough. And I just needed a good night out. And I like women comedians. (laughs) So I said, thanks for being so great. But he's, Oh, I don't want to be anywhere where I'm not wanted. I always think of other people before me, this whole thing. And I'm like, mm-hmm Annie, who here's your money back <laughs> and uh and I and I sent him a link to um a Poc- Pocono comedy festival I'm like you might want to check this out it's coming up in two weeks there's a lot of stuff going on in the Poconos you know and and like there was no issue with him after that but I was like suspect I was like why are you coming alone? Yeah. I just, so, and again, I know, a lot, I know it, it drives me nuts because I'll talk to other women and they just don't, they're like, I don't know, Janine, like they don't care. And I'm thinking, right. maybe I'm the only one that, that cares about this stuff, but I don't know. So it's anyway, that's just something for me to keep pondering, I guess. <laughs> no,
1: I care too. I care too. I'm just, I mean, you know, I, I've, been, I've had issues with stalkers before. It's just, it's, yeah, it's not fun, you know, um, and you and it's just, we are in a very bizarre time. Like I had done a show last month in Buffalo at a venue I adore with a group of uh, these, these two guys. They're both named Jake. They're the sweetest boys in the entire world. Like if I could have two little bro- brothers, it would be both of them. Um, they run a great room and they, they bring me up to close like every, you know, few months. And it's just, it's, they treat me so well, like way better than I'm usually treated. Like I just, I adore them. But while I'm doing the show, Uh, there is an active like trauma happening outside the club. And I being me, who's very organic in my performance, I can hear it. I'm like, you guys all hear that, right? I'm not hallucinating. And they're like, no, I hear it. I'm like, let's see if the microphone will make it out the door. Like, I don't know what I'm walking into. So I take the microphone, I open the door and I see like the scary, Like, I don't know. Like it looked either like a, a, just a, a true psychotic break or a drug induced psychotic break. Like, I've never seen anything like this. Like it's to, I literally walked back in and I was like, okay. Um, either we have an, um, a, a psychotic situation going on and hopefully we're going to resolve it or someone just ate a lot of bath salts, one or the other, we're going to resolve it. It's going to be okay. Right. So I, I'm, I keep trying to go on with the show. The owner of the club goes out and then runs back in, locks the door and is like, Hey, no one can leave until the police come keep performing and like, runs behind the bar. And I'm like, Like, literally in my head, I'm like, is this what the musicians on the Titanic felt like? Like, I was truly like, I got to keep going while this, and this man is being so loud outside. It's like, uh, all these people were getting involved. It was just very loud. So I start trying to perform, and there's like, it's mostly woman crowd. And this one guy is like, hey, you need to go back out there and see what's going on while I'm performing. And now earlier in my show, I do this whole thing about like, Um, supporting kids who are non-binary and I support trans kids and all this crap. And like, gender is just a construct. (laughs) And he's like, you need to go out there and check on this. And I'm like, me, You're a man. You go out and look. Okay, I know earlier I said gender doesn't exist, but not in times of trauma. Get out there. (laughs) And everyone's laughing. We're cracking up. The police finally come. It gets resolved. Then I do a whole bit about how my whole act is about being the craziest person in the world, and now this idiot ruined it. Like I feel sorry for him, but I'm also so jealous of him. And I start acting out everything he did outside. Long story short, it was like one of those few moments like where you being actually mentally insane and then a mentally insane thing happening. And you're like the one comedian who can do that. But it was wild because I had men coming up to me afterwards, like saying how they were terrified. They were scared. They were being pushed into a PTSD episode and I calmed <laughs> them down and kept it all OK. But yeah, like it is, a, it, we're in a scary, oh, and I was like a block away from the shooting in Buffalo, like that had happened the month prior. So that's why everyone in the room was terrified. But like, this is the climate we have to go and tell jokes in. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is a very weird time to be a comedian and then be women on top of that.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, we're so divided. And I think that's with my intention, like in, in reaching out to that guy, I was like trying to figure out, is he like, You know, I'll show this bitch because I'm gonna show up because I'm a guy. Like, you know, and I worried about that. So it was like, this is like a winery. There's no security. You know what I mean? And I was like, is he gonna? And again, that was me thinking the absolute worst. And he ended up just like, oh, okay, you know, with the woe is me, I won't go. Okay, fine. But you don't know. I mean, and that's the thing. You you don't know. So it's 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 challenging. It's challenging. But oh my gosh, your situation, holy moly, like that's. That's some real stuff
1: going down there. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. It was truly like when I came back to Pittsburgh, I was just like, did that We lived like thank you God and like it didn't ruin my set. Like you know what I mean? Like you drive to Buffalo to close a show and come back in the same night. You really wanted to go well, you know what I mean? Like Yeah, it was really, um, yeah, that was like, but that group, the Buffalo scene is like my freaking favorite scene. I love them so much. Just great group of people, truly like um, just empathetic, kind, like the way they handled that situation, the way they handled everyone who was having a reaction to the situation, like very mental health focused group. I, I really love going up there. That's cool. That's great
0: to hear. Um, so you're talking, you know, you mentioned about mental health and a lot of your, uh, album focuses on that. And we've touched on this before when you've been a guest, uh, your own personal issues. And you did say earlier, you're in a great place, which I'm so happy for you because you're, you're happy. I know you had found a good uh, therapist. I assume that's still the same person who's done. The same person. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So that's a huge part of it. Um, September, as we know, is is uh, Suicide Prevention Month, and of course, a lot of what you do in your you know public presentations and things like that, you focus on um, on this topic because it is near and dear to you, and it's it's more than a topic. It's part of your life, and it's part of a lot of people's lives. So how would how much would you say that shapes what you do overall and how is that contributed to you where you're at now in a healthy
1: place um you mean just like having that awareness of that 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 scary possibility yeah. in my yeah yeah well i you know and i don't want to like trigger anyone that's listening or anything but like early on when i was diagnosed with bipolar i my my therapist at the time had given me this book it was like called the the handbook to bipolar disorder and in that book it said that um 3 out of 4 people with bipolar disorder will attempt suicide and 1 out of 4 will be successful and you know you you get that diagnosis you read that in a book and it 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 really became something that um i now know i also have obsessive compulsive disorder and i became very um like fixated on that so it almost became like a constant intrusive thought for me at all times like it was just this thing that was always there and something to be afraid of and now that I have like words and I know what's going on and I know I, I know so much more about my brain I mean I will say like sticking with therapy and getting new therapists when one no longer works and and being diligent with your mental health is a huge part of that. But right now I would say the thing that is saving like saves my life the thing that that keeps me away from that scary, you know me being one of the three out of four bipolar people um well I don't want to say three out like that you know that would that would that me saying that says that I've never attempted and I don't want to like give that that that's that would be a lie um the one out of four I would say but um right now the thing that I practice the most and I think that helps me the most and it's interesting because you were talking about it from when we talked the last time I was giving others grace the last time we we spoke and now my practice is giving myself grace because I, can now acknowledge how hard I am on myself, how mean I am to myself, how my intrusive thoughts just can really just demolish me, take hours of my day, days of my weeks. Um, And so real, and I mean, practicing it. And it's not even just like, you know, saying a nice thing to yourself. It's really when, Um, Like, for for instance, this is just so stupid, but this is something I've been dealing with. I've been really hard on myself about not taking the time to read every day. Like, really, like, you, damn it, Gab, one hour a day. You were an English major. Everyone in your family reads. What is wrong with you? You watch the same TV show every day. I mean, like, berating myself over. I mean, truly thinking I am a dumb piece of shit, not worthy to be alive. I'm never gonna reach the mental goals that I set for myself as an eight-year-old if I don't read and how are I to, you know, like that kind of pressure. And then it was like, I had this talk with my therapist and she was like, why, you're, you're not practicing, you, we're supposed to be practicing compassion for gab, grace for gab. And it was like, wait a minute. The reason I watch the same television show over and over is because I'm so exhausted by the time I get home from all of these shows and, and loud music and playing in front of 500 kids in a gymnasium that's echoing. Yeah, I didn't feel like reading today and that's okay. I'm, I'm doing a really good job and I'm, I'm working really hard and I'm nice to people. And I mean, I really have to like sit there and like talk Talk to myself and really be kind to myself and in a truthful way, not in a delusional way, you know, you're not like, but just it it really, I can say is like, that's been the game changer for me. So I really, I really promote that with everything I'm doing now with my mental health work, even with the kids and the anti-bully movement, which I don't, I hate to say anti-bully movement, pro-empathy movement. Um, I really believe the kinder you are to yourself, the more grace you give you then you can give it to others because you will have more to give, you know?
0: Yeah. And that, I mean, we have heard that like, it's funny how we know it, but we don't know it. Cause, and then we need to really practice it because we know that, you know, the idea of charity starts at home, the whole idea of you have to take care of yourself. Cause how could you take care of anyone else if you're run down or, and I always like, when I do my laughter yoga, I like to give the example of like, when you're flying, they'll say, put your oxygen mask on before assisting anyone else. And, And so it's kind of like common sense. If you are completely shot or run down or not in a good mental place, how could you give, you know, you're giving maybe what's left, all that you've got, but then at some point it's going to run out. So you do have to give yourself grace Um, on a, on a side humorous note. uh, It's not, well, you're, you're for you. It's you're berating yourself. Isn't funny. So no, I'm not laughing at you, but I don't read either. So that's all I was going to say. And it's funny because that is one thing when I tell people I'm ashamed to admit And I have a bachelor's in journalism, a master's in comm arts, and I don't like to read. I don't enjoy it. Could I do it? Sure. I read angels and demons when everyone else was reading it, but it's like, I don't enjoy it. I like smaller like articles and stuff, but I am so embarrassed to tell people I I don't like to
1: read. (laughs) I I like to read it, but I'm, i and I've worked this through with my therapist. I don't like to not finish it in the same city. So it's like, I either have to give up a day, finish a book, or like going back, it's just, it's a whole mental thing. It's a whole mental thing. So now my like exposure therapy is I'm like 500 pages into The Stand by Stephen King, but now I can't go back to The Stand. She wants me to start reading another book to show myself that I don't have to finish that book. I can start a new book. So that's that's my practice for this week. That's what I have to do. It's very, I love having homework, it's good. I I did not make it
0: through Needful Things years ago because that was too long for me. But I do remember almost getting through that. That was a
1: really long book. That's Stephen King too, I believe, yeah. And is insane. Like I read It and that was really long. This is like a thousand pages longer. Like it, but it's so good. And I wasn't in a mental state to read it at the beginning of the pandemic. So I'm reading it now and it's bizarre how similar it is to the pandemic. Yeah, good stuff. But yeah, but I'm not gonna like be mad at myself if I don't read, it's okay. You're doing a good job cab. Yeah. It's, it's crazy though. Like, it's not crazy, but it's like, you sit on your bed and you talk to yourself and it could take as long as like 30 minutes before you actually believe it. And you're grounded and you're like, okay, I'm okay now. It's okay. Yeah, As long
0: as it works though. And that's, that's a good practice to have. Right. I mean, it really is. Right uh one thing I want to ask you and this is more on a serious note so when people say like you know something could trigger someone right and you said I don't want to trigger anyone so and I'm not asking you to be an expert on it I'm just asking for your input and so so when people so in other words if if talking let's say for example about suicide like that could be a trigger for for people who have attempted that sort of thing
1: or is it certain language or I, I would say uh for both like people who who have um have you know tried to do it or people who have lost someone um you know um which i i I always get the terminology it's like now it's like death by suicide i think is how you say it um I, i yeah i think that's why i'm always nervous and i before i do any of my mental health talks i always just um I just say like, I could be saying a lot of stuff that could trigger a lot of people. So like, this is my story. This is what I I went through. Um, it helps that I don't, I am not a therapist. So I, you know, can't be punished. Like you should know better. But um, yeah, I always just get nervous with that topic. Cause I just would hate for anyone to or if it just went to ruin their day. You know what I mean? Like I just, um, I don't know. I, I get triggered very easy. Like a woman triggered me today on the road. She triggered me, she triggered me. The light just turned green and honk, just turned green. Honk, you don't get to honk when it just turns green. She's an Alexis. She's older with like, you know, she just looks like she's like her Gucci purse is weighing down the car. She doesn't have time for me to have a moment. I mean, I literally just turned green. And I'm like, it just turned green. And so I drive up and we get to another light. And now she's laughing at me because I was like, it just turned around. And so I'm like, you're laughing at me, Lexus? Well, jokes on you, I'm not going when it turns green. How do you like me now? So then the light turns green and I'm like, I'm not doing this, I'm gonna go. And I'm like, you don't realize you triggered me. And I just kept going, but I was like, it's true. Like she doesn't know, like the person in front of her is batshit, motherfucking crazy, excuse my language. So when she's in her rush, She's got to get to Mount Lebanon to get her whatever, you know, her hair done. And Mount Lebanon is like a rich area in our town. Um, You know, she's mad at me because the light just turned green. And she doesn't know that like instead I'm like now going into my homicidal brain where I'm thinking not good thoughts and I could be a Dexter, you know what I mean? Like, and then I have to like call my, and it's like, she's not worth it. She's not worth it. But yeah, I mean, I'm not perfect at all. And people really set me off that it's just like that entitlement and not giving a human being like she didn't give me grace. And that's what like kind of set me off. But yeah, anyway, sorry. Yeah. Road rage for me can be homicidal. It's very, no, See, I, I hear you. <laughs> I don't even know if I should say this, but you know, it's the wine I'm going to go ahead and say it. So like you said, it's like suicide prevention month. And I was thinking about that today, not knowing you would bring that up. And I think that with mental health, we are far more comfortable actually talking about suicidal ideology than we are homicidal ideology. And I think that both occur, but people are so afraid that if we talk about it, then it'll be a bad stigma. Like not that there isn't already a bad stigma for mental health, but like, I don't have like normal road. I've tr- I've done this on stage. Like my road rage isn't like, hey, you bitch. Like it's not, it's literally like, I will skin you and I will boil your bones. I mean, it's like scary and it comes out of nowhere. And I'm like, whoa. Hannibal Lecter behind the wheel, huh? Oh, totally. (laughs) I mean, all the way, like it is scary. And I like, and then with OCD, I would like get obsessed and be like, I'm just one, I'm one trauma away from being a serial killer. I'm one trauma away from being Eileen Vornos. Like I would like, I would obsess on that. And my current therapist is like, yeah you, you're right. You might go through one more trauma and you might become a serial killer and you can live with that uncertainty. And I'm like, okay, but like, there might be people who aren't living. That's cool. That's cool. That we're just going to live with this. We're just going to live with this uncertainty. I love therapy. It's good. <laughs> I love that. I love that.
0: Um, I want to go back to the triggering for a minute. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to do kind of like what I did last time and, and say the things that I do struggle with kind of like giving people grace. Cause I do feel that we're in this Again, really divided, interesting time when there are entitled assholes out there. But at the same time, like I struggle with the, you could trigger people. You don't know who you're triggering at any time. So it's like, should I apologize before I open my mouth? Because that's a lot too. You know what I'm saying? Like I saw a show. I forget what show it was on Netflix, but there was a disclaimer at the front, more or less about the trigger that could happen because of. I think it was suicide, or it might have been. I think I want to say it was suicide. And I actually, it was that or some other topic. And I kind of got irked because I thought, well, we don't put that. How many movies do we see where women get raped? Like a lot. But that's okay. I mean, and again, I'm, I'm not saying one is worse than the other. One is more triggering, but I struggle with that myself. And this is just me saying what I struggle with. Cause I'm thinking, I am sure I still struggle. I do a joke about uh, my work at the medical college and it's my big finisher. It still gets a big laugh. So I've been doing it for 10 years, <clears throat> you know, the night before going in to do pelvic exams with the medical students. I'm like, I was so nervous. Cause I didn't know what does one wear to a gang pap? So <laughs> I'm like, I get oh a big God. laugh on, <laughs> I'm like, that could be a trigger honestly. Cause I All think right. gang pap and I'm like, Here's me being, I guess, a selfish or whatever. I'm not going to stop doing that joke, but I don't do disclaimers, you know, and I don't know, I guess I'm just, I'm rambling a bit on it, but I'm just saying it's what I struggle with these days because it's the reality of, I'm not trying to be an asshole, but at the same time, we've got to live our lives I, you know, if I say to somebody, you know what I'm going to talk about today and I don't know if anyone's ever, Oh, were you, did you ever, were you, are you single? Am I gonna If I offend you, I offend you because you have kids. And I said something about, like, how do we balance that? I guess is what I struggle with. So
1: no, without a doubt. And I really like, I actually, I've had these conversations both with the mental health world and in comedy, um, You know, I'd say this, like, come on, if you think on a, like, come on, you're going to get triggered at a comedy show. You're going to get triggered at a comedy show. If you are someone who is in a fragile mental state and you, you can easily be triggered to the point of doing something drastic or hating yourself or just having a miserable night, don't go to a fucking comedy show, okay? That's coming from a mental health person and a comedian. Don't go. I sometimes had to be at comedy shows because it's my job and I'm triggered by the person going on before me and I've had to figure out ways to meditate, deal with it, know that I'll never work with that fucking asshole again or whatever thing I say to myself in my head. So you knows I swear more with the liquor. Um, but like- <laughs> I be, can relate. <laughs> be, be the patient also have some responsibility. You know what I'm saying? Like my mother, when she had difficulty walking, would know like, okay, I wanna go to this show, but I know that that show is gonna involve me to walk a really long time. I'll, I won't be in a good mental state by the time I get to your show. So I'm gonna skip that show, baby, but I'll go to this show because obviously I can do that show. Like it's this mental health, physical, mental disability, physical disability, same thing. So sometimes you have to be like, look, I'm not there to go there. And so that's on, that's on you. Um, and then with that said, like with comedians, like, um, and I, I, I tweeted this recently, but like, you know, take Dave Chappelle, right? So Dave Chappelle says all this stuff, upsets the, the trans community com- completely. Um, Netflix decides not to get rid of his specials, right? But Netflix also does a ton of programming that promotes trans people, right? And Netflix is a business and that's Netflix's choice. You're a consumer. You can choose if you want to watch Dave, get rid of your Netflix account, not support him, go on Twitter, say you don't like Dave. But it doesn't mean Dave shouldn't work because there's a lot of people who want to hear Dave. And there's a lot of people who want to hear Gabonesso, but it's probably not the same people who want to hear Dave, but that's not the point. The point is there's room for all of us. I, I just, I'm against like a comedian having their career taken over over words or material I don't find is funny because there's so many com- I mean, if we're going to get rid of comedians because they're not funny, Jesus, every open mic night around the country is going to be shut down. Like, so uh, yeah, I, I think it's there's a little responsibility on both ends, but also at the same time, Dave Chappelle has to accept that there are going to be venues are going to be like, fuck you. I don't want you at my room. You chose to say those words and I choose not to book you. We all have choices. And that's just, I think... I, once we all start acting like grown-ups and a little more rational i think we could all understand that better but like it's it's still crazy to me and and i also just want to say to everybody i see comedians get angry all the time the loudest voices on twitter tiktok um they're not even 18 they're like teenagers who their mommies and daddies don't pay attention to them, and they're outraged about everything, and they have zero understanding about anything. So, like, getting upset by these trolls is really like just a waste of our adult time. Like, we have more important things to do, like renewing our passports. You know, like <laughs> let's not let's not let anyone in the internet ruin our day anymore. Let's d- let's do that together. Let's take a stand. We're not letting the internet ruin our day because there's sunshine and birdies and things we can do outside. So.
0: Yes. Yeah. Well said um, this I'm just curious your opinion on it. and you brought up Dave Chappelle like I don't have an opinion of him either way really like and I never you know I, I know people used to love his show on Comedy Central I didn't watch it admittedly for no particular reason I just didn't. Um, I did see the joke or hear the joke I think but then I watched I watched Ricky Gervais's most recent, um, and I forget what he said I know there wasn't as much outrage. I do happen to laugh at him. I mean, there are parts of that special where I laughed out loud, but then, then I start to feel like I feel guilt, like, Oh, gee, should I have been outraged by this stuff? But you can't make yourself get outraged by stuff. You know what I mean? If it doesn't, and it's probably because I'm not that person that he's talking about. Like, so I, I don't know. I mean. I, I don't know. What are your thoughts on him? I'm just curious
1: if you like him or not. His comedy or style. Well, or honestly, I I feel badly. I don't know enough of him. I've never seen a stand up. I've never seen any of the shows he's on. Like I know that people love him. I can't even. I've never seen anything. I'm I'm a really bad comedy student in a lot of ways. Like I'm not like I don't like rush to see stand up specials. Like I I'm more a fan of like the sitcom or or sketch comedy. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I can't even tell you very many modern stand up comedians that I'm like, oh yeah, I like them. Um, and, and, you know, in speaking of things you probably shouldn't laugh or enjoy, I mean, my favorite comedian of all time is Lenny Bruce, who took such like, you know, his attempt to make people think and, and be aware of the power of words. He said the worst words you could say on stage, you know, but I mean, I stand by him and I stand by his material. And, I I, don't, I might have people hate me for that, but Lenny, Lenny is who changed comedy for me. Lenny is the first person that made me go, oh, okay, so you can actually, you know, do something dramatic and then make them laugh. You don't have to be funny the whole time. You can say something important because you want to say something important and then you make them laugh, but, but you're allowed to just talk too and like really, really get people to think. And I don't know, I just really... Um, I was a huge fan of Lenny Bruce. I still am, huge fan. Sorry, I'm cleaning up the wine. I kind of spilled wine for a second. I take off my sock (laughs) and then clean the wine on my laptop. So I did a really good job there. Well done.
0: Oh man, I can't wait till you come to Scranton. (laughs) It's going to be fun. Uh, I have not watched Lenny Bruce. Like I, I did see snippets on YouTube. Only I'll admit I had heard of him, of course, but watching Mrs. Maisel and he's a character in that show. And it's like, I want to see some of his stuff. So I've watched a little bit of it, but I want to learn more about him because I do know he was very important uh, to comedy really, and pushing boundaries and everything. So I I do want to, um, as far as Ricky Gervais, a lot of people think now, well, he can do this because he's a white man and he's super rich now, but I mean, he wasn't always super rich, you know what I mean? But he, his, his stand-up. I mean, I've laughed at it, but his shows extras was one show about his work as an extra actor, like, and it was just, it was well-written. It was funny Uh, by the same token he's done other shows that are so so he's not a great actor but entertaining enough but but enough about Ricky
1: Gervais (laughs) you know speaking of stand-up though I do want to say I recently saw a stand-up special by Rosie O'Donnell and it's from a few years back it was right after she had had her heart attack and honestly it was so freaking good and I was like Rosie is as close to like a Lenny Bruce. You know, she's very like, she talks about real stuff, talk blatantly about having a heart attack, making sure everyone in the, every woman in the audience like knew the signs of a heart attack before they left the show because she's, you know, learned this thing. Like, I don't know. And it was so funny. I mean, laugh out loud, funny stuff about her kids or wife. Like it was just such a good special. And I forgot how freaking funny Rosie O'Donnell is and how like so much of like her politics have made people hate her. And, You know, ruined things for her career, but man, that woman is funny. So, there, that is a special I recently watched that I was like, that made me like watching comedy, and I don't normally like to watch comedy. So,
0: I'll have to check that out. Yeah. As we know, of course, she, you know, Trump was always horrible to her publicly, and they got into it. But I just listened to her. She was a guest on Tignataro's podcast. Uh, Don't Ask Tig. And she was so nice on that podcast. Like, have you ever listened to that uh, Tig Notaro's podcast? It's like, she has these different guests and it's a joke. Don't ask her like, but it's advice. Like, uh, so a listener might be like, so I work with this woman who sits next to me and her perfume smells. How should I tell her? Like that, like, you know, just different stuff. And Rosie O'Donnell, like first she talks to the guests, but she was so thoughtful in like how she was responding to the different, like uh, written in questions like she was so nice i was like oh and i also just watched a league of their own the series not the movie on amazon and she had a small role in that and she was really good so uh yeah so 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 yes yay rosie yeah i'd like to check hey, her rosie
1: one.
0: now do you like tignataro do you ever watch any of her stuff
1: you know i i've never seen any i'm bad i'm asking you after you just said listen lady i don't watch the fucking stuff <laughs> yeah and the last like I mean like I, I when I first started doing stand-up I was really into the comedians of comedy Zach Galifianakis, Maria Bamford, Patton Oswald, Brian Posehn um I I love the Dave Chappelle show I watched that faithfully I love Mr. Show with uh uh Dave or yeah Odin Kirk and uh, yeah. Cross um but yeah like I I but like when I was a little kid I mean I loved a person we can't love anymore Bill Cosby um but I also loved like I'm a huge like Steve Martin fan, Billy Crystal, Martin Short. I love the like very, um, the people who can transition into acting and like more like musical bits and like very stagey people. Like Martin Short is probably like the comedian that I feel like I could play his daughter. You know what I mean? Like I dressed as Ed Grimley for Halloween in third grade. I love it. I love it. (laughs) No one knew who I was. I was always dressing up like SNL characters. One year I was Hans and Franz. My mom made me the whole suit. I walked around like, yeah, I was always SNL characters for Halloween as a little kid. So I always knew I wanted to do comedy. I just like straight stand up has never been just like my, you know, I I, I don't know. I don't like like the same 30 minutes, always telling it the same 30 minutes, the same way every day. That makes me insane. Like, People who who live in Pittsburgh who come to see me often, like their biggest complaint is that I don't retell jokes often. They're like, ah, why won't you tell joke? You, you, You tell it once and then you never go back to it. I'm like, I know I get so bored. I have to write all the time. Ah. Wow. What a bad comedian. problem to have to be so prolific. Stop. I, I, Dab. I'm I'm a terrible comedian though, but in the but in like, you know, in that gatekeepy comedy world, it's like that's wrong. What she's doing is bad. You never write new material. Ah, you know, so I'm so glad I can get like all those voices out of my head. And I'm just like, I'm gonna live my life, produce but, my own shows and just be happy.
0: Wow, what a concept! I love it. I think that's Crazy, great. Isn't it? And
1: you're doing it. You're killing it. You know what I mean? Like that's. Well, what I don't know about killing than... it.
0: World I'm naming it.
1: <laughs> I'm trying,
0: but I agree with you on Martin Short. I think he is phenomenal. Like his characters on. Oh my God, what was that one he played on SNL? Jackie something with the, with the terrible haircut and Jackie yes. something Rogers Jr. Oh my God, I loved him on SNL. Like truly, his. The, his characters that he can slip into, I'm just—I uh, think he's brilliant. I really do.
1: Yeah. Oh my god! And only murders in the building is like my absolute favorite show. um Yeah. I it, Three Amigos. He was—he was—he could like steal the limelight from Chevy and Steve. Like that's how great Martin Short is. Little little Nettie. Uh, what was it? Nettie Nielsen. <laughs> yes. Character. I don't know. Yes. Yes. Oh. Uh, Good
0: good stuff. Well, I think I, I think I hinted at this in my, uh, in my social media post. So I'm going to say it now because I won't give too many details out, but I am super excited because I believe we're going to get to have you come to Scranton, Pennsylvania in the spring. Like I said, I won't give away too many details because things are in motion, but unless something unforeseen happens, which, you know, that could always happen. The plan (laughs) is to get you here in Northeast PA, doing your thing, talking to people and hopefully doing a comedy show. And I'll tell you, I cannot wait because we have yet to meet in person. And I just want to feel your energy. Like, you know, it's like being warmed by like a toaster oven or something like I am just I can't wait. I think it's going to be super exciting and fun.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. I hope so. I hope that that is the case where you're like, okay, this is what it's like in real life, and not like, oh my God, this is like a lot, and I need to run away from her right now. Um, But I don't, I don't, you don't strike me. As, there are people who my energy does do that to them, but I don't think you're that person. No. Mm-mm. No, I think I'll be cool. I'm good. <laughs> I'm Even good. my sister, she's like, I hate people with mania except you. Like, thanks, sis. <laughs> <Appreciate it." laughs> You're the exception, yes. You're the asterisk. Old maniac! I like. Thank you, sister. <laughs> what I is know, there- You know, I know when to shut up. That's the other part. Like most maniacs, don't know when to shut up. I can read a room. I was the youngest of five, grew up with a lot of madness, so I know when to like. I know where my place is. I know how to just be a soldier. Like you know, like when you. I think you said something earlier where you're like, you. It seems like you just accept the bad, <laughs> and it's like honestly, it got to a certain point where I was like, I could like not accept it and be like, man, what is geez, worth what ever like everything bad happens? Or I could be like, whoa, I really like take punches and keep going. I am Rocky Balboa. <laughs> let's do this. You know what I mean? Like I'm in a weird place now. Like I literally feel like if our government was like, Gab, we want to send you to war. We think you're the next GI Joe. I'd be like, I think I am too. Let's go. Let's do that. And it's not mania. I actually am like, no, I am I work out. I feel fit. I've never had COVID. I'm Captain America. Let's go. You know, but that's, I don't know what to say. Oh, you are really yes anding life. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> Big time. As the military sees this podcast and then calls me up and I'm like, oh crap, I gotta go you said you'd go gab you said it you said it it's it's you know it's been it's been heard by like 30 to 40 listeners you know you got everyone in scranton's talking they said you're going so
0: yeah it's all it's all they're talking about down at the five and dime Um, oh
1: my god
0: so what can you tell us about what's coming up next for Gab, I mean, you've got, you're working on the special or the the album, I should say. Um, you're always, do, you know, open to presentations. So if any schools want to hire you, I know you do um, with, is it... Josh and Gab, you have a program for kids, but you also go out and speak about mental health. So anyone can book you for that type of thing. You're willing to travel, just reach out. And uh, of course, pay, of course, that's that's involved because we all need to get paid and deserve to. But uh, you're open to that. Do you have anything big coming up that you're, you're hitting the road or anything like that?
1: Yeah, yeah, some really cool stuff. So Josh and Gab, uh, you know, um, the fall is like our big season. So we just have a ton of like school performances, music festivals, all different stuff coming up. Like next week in five days, we have 10 shows in five days. So I will lose my voice. Um, like it gets, it gets really intense like that. I have a really cool um, mental health talk. I'm the keynote speaker for a mental health symposium at Point Park University this September. So that's a really cool thing. I'm also going out to Harrisburg, where I'm going to be the featured comedian for uh, disability pride. It's going to be at the Pennsylvania Capitol in Harrisburg. We're going to be on the steps of the Capitol and it's all disabled like artists and, 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 and representatives who fight for physical and mental disabilities. And I, that is, that's a huge gig. I'm really honored. Like, when is other, that? like, so that is October 25th. Oh my gosh. That's two um, hours from me. Is it really? Yes. Oh my God. October 25th. Oh, all right. And, and I'm so sad because I have to rush back after, like, I'm going to do the, be in Harrisburg, but then I have to be back in Pittsburgh for anti bully or pro-empathy shows, Jack and Gab shows uh, in Pittsburgh the very following day and the day before. So it's like, I'm driving up to Harrisburg, doing the gig, coming right back. But I'm really excited just because like a lot of these people that I'm performing with are like huge. I mean, their followings are way bigger than mine. And I'm just, I'm so like, Honored by Vicky, who runs Disability PA for her support in me and believing in me, I did an event in Pittsburgh and she's like, I'm bringing you to Harrisburg. And then I'm doing a comedy event, it's going to be an international um, comedy event for, for people with disabilities and that's going to be on December 3rd and that'll be online so everyone can view that so I'll be promoting that later on and yeah I have my Brillo Box show, I'm doing a storytelling night in Pittsburgh that I'm really excited about. Um, yeah, just tons of different stuff uh, and then work on the album. That's just like, that's a lot of like writing and figuring out what's going to make it, what isn't going to make it, editing, trying not to hate myself while I'm editing and, uh, and all of that. So, and so excited to come to Scranton in the spring. So is that all you got going on, Gab? That's it. Like nothing major, <laughs> nothing big, you know. That's it. <laughs> I, I feel like there's got to be a
0: day in there where you're just going to be sitting around reading. I don't know. <laughs> I'll be sitting around
1: yelling at myself for not reading. That's what's going to happen. Oh my God. But Josh and I are really excited. We had met someone who uh, basically like came up to us and was like, hey, would you ever be open to doing these school assembly programs for like military students at military bases all over the world? And we were like, yeah, we would really love to do that. But we like didn't think the person would follow up and they followed up. So I'm like, oh, my God. So I feel like my passport expires next month. And I'm like, I got to get this renewed. If there is an opportunity to do my version of a USO tour, this will be cool. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, that could be like the following year or something if it were to happen. But that's like truly a dream of mine. Like Bob Hope performing for Soldiers was like, I always have wanted to do that. So it'll be their kids, but still that counts.
0: Wow. That's and for people who are listening who don't know, like, so you and Josh, like, you, I know he plays, I think he plays an instrument, right? And you guys do like original, like, do you make up songs and you have different content that you do about, uh, I've heard you say pro empathy uh, a number of times. So that's the, I guess, the new phrase. But is it based on what the school wants or is it mostly working around how to address bullies and that sort of thing?
1: Yeah, so basically um, the idea is what, like each school we go into, if they have their own like uh, positive behavior curriculum, we, will, we just ask that you tell us what it is and we will incorporate it completely into our show. So we have like songs where we can pull out words and add your school name, or we can pull out this and add an idea from your positive behavior thing. So like we write things structurally so that like we can make them organic for every school that we go to. So it's a lot of original music. It's all about like, things that have actually happened to us. Like a time when I was in first grade and a girl brought in glue sticks for every single kid except me. And like literally in front of the whole class, like you're the only one not getting one and like excluded me. And I was like a mess for a long time because of it. He has a story about like a big fight that happened in high school at our local amusement park. So like they're very personal, like Pittsburgh based songs, So especially when we're doing them locally. These kids are like, oh, I've been to Kennywood. I know that school, you know, or whatever. Um, We also will do parody songs like we'll take a very popular song that's on the radio and then like rework all the lyrics to have like some kind of just positive theme. Uh, The one new song I wrote this year is just all about like having a good week, celebrating being back at school, being allowed to be back in class, seeing your friends again, Um, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. It's a really like, so it's a lot of music. He plays guitar. I play drums. So we're like the white stripes, but for kids. And, uh, and then I I do like stand up and I'm the front person. I go out and talk and I, I get the kids talking. It's very interactive. I ask them questions. I'm doing tons of bits and then I'll run back. We do a song and then I go back out into the audience and it's just, it's very different. It's not like any other assembly program is what we're told. Um, yeah. And it's really rooted in just like, Mostly it's about self-love, love for your school, because if you have self-love and love for your school, you're not gonna be picking on people because you want your school to be the best place ever. So it's sort of that idea. We kind of go about it in a way where we're not like beating you over the head, being like, don't be mean. But we also be like, guys, like when you're mean, no one wants to hang out with you. Like, really like being like, it's cool to be cool. Like, just be cool. Like, don't really seriously be cool. You know what I mean? And it helps when you're like playing drums and electric guitar and they're like, Hey, they're kind of cool. Maybe we'll listen to them. That, that's okay. You're not just preaching to them or
0: pointing the finger at them. They're like, don't do like you said, don't that's that adults don't want to hear it. Kids don't want to hear it.
1: Nobody wants to hear it that way. So that's, yeah, and smart. we don't want to say it like yeah, Josh and I are very like, we're, we're, it's very interesting. Like he's a dad But he's still, um, we're both like very, I don't know how to explain it. We didn't lose that thing from childhood. Like we don't, we're not embarrassed to look silly. Like when he plays guitar, I mean, he is a maniac. There have been times where he does like full back bends, and we're performing for five-year-olds. You know what I mean? It's wild. It's like very like we both have a little bit of Jack Black in us. You know what I mean? And uh, and I play drums like a maniac. I mean, we had to form an LLC because of how crazily I played the drums because my cymbals would fly off the stage, <laughs> my sticks would go flying, and kids would take them and then start like doing sword fights in the audience. Like we had to protect ourselves legally and form an LLC because of my drumming. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, it's different. (laughs) Dangerous drumming.
0: I love it. I I, I said this before when we spoke and I will say it again. I, another reason I admire you is because I think it takes a certain level of bravery to perform for kids. And I don't (laughs) have it. I honestly, because let's face it, kids are honest. They're real. They're like, they know they could see through the bullshit. And so I think the fact that you guys can reach
1: them says a
0: lot about both of you, that you can do that. So kudos to you, truly.
1: Thank you. It really helps that you can like, Josh and I have a very good, like we laugh at like the, the like the stuff in life that you probably shouldn't laugh. Like we have a very sick sense of humor. If it's it's a when kids say the most horrible things to us and they don't even know that they're saying a horrible thing to us, we laugh so hard. Like it actually makes our day. Like one time a kid came in and was like, hey, are you Gab's dad to Josh? And he's like four years younger than me. And he's like, yeah, I'm Gab's dad. I'm Gab's dad. And we just like, we laugh. I had one little girl come up to me. I was like, Miss Gabby, are you a boy or a girl? And I was like, mm, great question. One that's going to help me cry later tonight. Um, Miss Gabby's a girl. Thank you so much for asking. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? <laughs> you knew I was a miss. Why are we asking these questions? <laughs>
0: yeah Uh, but you can reach them and that's I think that's awesome truly
1: no I I honestly like I love kids like my my little godson he's two years old and like his parents I hang out with him all the time I'm like all right I have these days off I have this three-hour gap if you need me to watch him if you need me to do anything take him anywhere I've I've not missed one of his soccer practices have I mentioned he's too um obsessed (laughs) with this kid but they're always like yeah like thank you so much like we really appreciate you watching him. I'm like watching him. We hung out like he's my buddy. Like we played all day. Like I'm not. Wa- We're watching each other, right, buddy? Like it's not. I don't. He. I'm just so happy to have someone to like play make believe with. Like it's my. It's always been my favorite thing. And it's not something adults are like. Yeah, I'll pretend to play baseball with you with an imaginary bat and ball. You know. And he <laughs> will. And it's great. And I love it. I see your
0: posts with him and I see how much fun you have with him. What joy. And is a cute little dude. He
1: is pretty funny. Like he seems to have a ball with you, which I think is awesome. Oh, we are total besties. Yeah. My one friend, she's like, Gabby in that one video and he's wearing a hat. Is that your hat? I'm like, it is. And she's like, he has the biggest baby head I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. She's like, he has a Charlie Brown head. I'm like, oh, No, he does. Like even the doctor said he is at the hundredth percentile of death of heads. But you know what? It's just more cuteness that goes all around is the way I see it.
0: (laughs) Well, it is cuteness too. So absolutely. I love seeing those videos and the things you post. You guys truly, and I think the joy, like you said, no, what adult's gonna pretend to play or whatever, but that's so much that's Missing from so many of our lives, like that imagination, uh, tapping into the imagination, that sense of wonder and playfulness—it's so important. It really is. And if you can have that, and it's like, and you're helping out the parents, you're like, hey, it's a win-win, right?
1: Oh my god, totally. Yeah, they—they like they feel like they'll feel guilty and be like, we owe you. I'm like, you owe me nothing. I love this. Please, I'll take him. Like you guys just give him to me. I'll. I'll... But then I think I don't know if I'd like that. You know what I mean? I think I'm the good like aunt playmate. And I'm I'm like, look, I, if I were to have a child, I know I would step up and be a great mom. It's just like, I hate to sound selfish, but I think when you spend so much of your life, like battling mental health and like not ever being where you want to be. And then you finally get to where you want to be. And you're like, wait a minute. No, no, no. I'm not giving that all up again. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I've already, no, no, this is my time, but I, you know, there's with, nothing wrong with, with... Wave, I could end up having a baby. So we'll <laughs> like yeah, that's true. i like, not like literally if you would have asked me a year ago to be like, no, I won't have a kid. And now, if you ask me like, I might, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. A government issued worried. baby. <laughs> yeah, I may have to. So there we
0: are. That's the new world. <laughs> Ah, The new world. It's not selfish, by the way,
1: to want what you want. So I, at least that's what I believe. That's what I believe. So, uh, well, well there've been a lot of memes going around about Gen X and older millennials. And they're like, I just wish you guys realized ladies, like you wanted all this freedom where you've just given up your baby years or whatever. And I'm just like, oh my God, like, why do you think we care? Like, don't you think that women who chose not to have babies, they chose that? Like that was part of it. It was our choice. (laughs) Yeah, I think they think that we're missing out. Like, you know what I mean? And it's like, that's wow. I'm, yeah. Although I
0: do tell you, I I will tell you, I feel like a unicorn to some degree. I always say because I I mean, again, it probably depends on where you live too. Pretty much everyone here about my age has children and is married. There there are a couple, a handful of exceptions, but I do sometimes it does. You know, you talk about like the negative self talk. It does hit me sometimes. Like I, you know, because I do feel like. And this could be a whole different podcast, like between advertising and like, even the businesses, like I said earlier with the playgrounds at the wineries, I feel almost everything is geared toward kids and dogs these days. So I'm like, okay. So sometimes I do kind of feel bad. Like, I'm like, did I miss out on something? Am I not a good person? Because I'm not, you know, bringing more joy into the world of it depends on how you look at it, but I don't know. So I, it does get to me sometimes, but there, I don't think there's anything wrong with, with a choice of. Of wanting to live your life. And it's not like I'm a completely horrible human being who doesn't do kind things from time to time.
1: <laughs> right? No. And I think, and then like when you said about there's like the kid fraction, there's the dog fraction. I think there's a the third fraction and it's the adults who don't have kids who work out and like those other fractions sometimes make fun of us. So don't feel badly. Like we do our thing. Like it's okay. We have our, you, we have your running schedule. I gotta get the kettlebell. It, it's a lot. And I'm starting to run again too. And that. When you take time off from that, I don't know how, I mean, you do real running. I like three miles and I'm spent and I, oh, I
0: haven't been doing much real
1: running lately. Trust me. This summer was not like great, but on my
0: birthday, I, I registered for a race because I wanted to be truly not to sound corny, but like celebrating my birthday in a way that's like, okay, challenge yourself and know that you're alive, like something healthy. Like I'm one of those people and I know I've had other women say to me, ew, I like when I quote unquote earn a sweat. I like to say like, I've worked really, like I've run really far and I'm sweating. Like I earned the sweat. I like that feeling. Like I really do. I signed up for a 10 K and I mean, I've done, you know, I've, I've run two marathons. I've run halves, I've run. So I've run farther, but lately, Past couple years, well, I did the marathon in 2019, but since then, not that much. So I signed up for the 10k, and then I was like, "Oh man, it is my birthday, and I do want to like not push it too hard." I actually bumped it down to the 5k. Cause I have not been running, but let me tell you, I was glad that I did. Cause even the 5k was tough. It was on a farm and we were like running on grass. We were running up hills. We were running like over rocks and roots. It was really more of a trail run. So I was like, you know what? This was just the right level of push. Like I'm alive and I'm alive. I can breathe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still alive. Cause I, I didn't watch it too much. I think the 10 K I would, cause I mean, you do get out of shape when you haven't been doing it. And I mean, I, I, I will tell you for my mental health to, to, for me to I'll stop talking, I'll stop talking after this, but like for my mental health, I miss it. It is, I am not a fast runner. I've never been a fast runner, although I've gotten even slower than I was, but I am proud of myself that I did those two marathons that I did like 11 or 12 half marathons. Cause there's training involved. There's uh, personal goal setting and discipline and all that. But mental health, just to get out there and do two, three miles, it helps me think creatively. I get ideas for my stand up, for my marketing, for different writing. And just to clear my head and when I haven't been doing it, I'm like, you need to get back to it. So for me, it really is a saving grace. And, and especially when I'm out like in nature, not running on roads, but like closer to trees and all that stuff where there's, you know, you can really enjoy the nature to me. That's like double therapy right there, the nature and, and the running.
1: And you like, cause we've, you know, we talked, we started this talking about comedy shows and single men and being scared when they come to our shows. So I have, I'm having like a really bad anxiety issue, like running outside. I'm totally cool being on my treadmill, but it's not a great treadmill. And it's honestly very narrow. And I don't think that's like the best for my hips. Cause I have to like really keep this like narrow stance while I run. And I don't know where to run alone as a woman. Do you have any advice for me? What do you do?
0: So yes, you brought up something really important and not to go dark, but it is timely. I just read about the woman in Memphis, Tennessee. She was running, but she was running by herself at four in the morning. She, I hate to say she is is dead. Someone grabbed her, forced her into an SUV. Um, They have it on, I think on surveillance. Um, But that is a constant kind of struggle because again, there's two sides to that where it's like a lot of times the instant reaction is why was she running alone or why was she doing it at that hour why was she wearing short shorts it's like those aren't the questions that really we need to be asking like why are some of these murderers such asshole murdering barbarians like you know treat teach men to not scream out a window at a woman to respect her or whatever but My friend that I referenced earlier that I had reached out to about the guy buying the ticket of the show, he teaches self-defense courses for women. And one of the things he'll always say to me, Robert, he was actually on the show. He's he'll say to me, Janine, haven't I talked to you about this? Like, he doesn't like me running alone. And to him, I say, okay, I get it. I get it. But I don't believe to go back to my other point that we should have to not be running alone because we're women, but we do need to use common sense and be prepared. And he would say, uh, be prepared. I know what we talked about on when I had him on my show last August about like young women going back to college and how to be safe is to really just, you know, know your surroundings, be prepared. If you are going to bring something like a small hand weapon or a mace or whatever, know how to use it. Don't get out there and have that be the first time like, oh, and then be hurting yourself or whatever. So I know he would say, be prepared, Uh, go to a place where there are other people, you know, and, and personally, I wouldn't run by myself at four or five in the morning in the dark, because I do think you're, I would just feel unsafe just at that alone. And when I have run in the past, occasionally years ago when I'd actually get my butt out of bed early, I would run early in the dark, but I would meet other women. And a lot of times we would be meeting downtown around the courthouse square where there were lights and stuff. So for me, I'm always running in daylight And I will admit I make some poor choices because sometimes I'm running without my phone. Sometimes I'm running without, I don't, I bought mace. I don't bring it. So I would just say, be in a park where, you know, uh, if it's a low crime area, that's helpful. But also if you know, there's usually people like other people, because one of the trails I'm on, you almost always see a ton of people. You see bicyclists, you see other runners. I would, that would be my biggest advice. Go places where there are other people and okay. I, and don't make my mistake. Don't run without your phone. Cause sometimes I do that. Always have your phone. And, uh, I did buy this thing called the birdie and I don't, I, I think Okay. I was going to say, I think my friend would probably yell at me and say, well, that's not going to help you, but at least it, it goes off. It makes a sound and and the lights are bright. Now ask me, Gab, how many times I've taken it running with me since I bought it? How many times? Zero. <laughs> so again, but, but I would say to you, I, I don't believe that we can't run alone. I don't think that's fair. Um, okay. And, and for me, I do. And like I said, my friend, Robert's like, Janine, what did I tell you? For me, it's usually just my schedule because I live this gig entrepreneur life where I don't work nine to five. And I'm also a little bit of a lazy person about not wanting to get out of bed. So there are groups of women who meet at six in the morning. I don't get up that time. So like, I'll do it when I feel like it nine or 10 o'clock. It could be in the afternoon. And I do try to pick places where there are other people, typically like popular running trails, or even like through a certain uh, town, where there's maybe not as much traffic, but there's businesses and like places that I could go if I was in trouble, you know? Okay.
1: So if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, cause I really like like want to run a track, but I'm like nervous. Like, I'm just like, I don't, how do I know a guy's like around the bushes, and come and get me or, I don't know. Like, I don't want to have anxiety when I'm supposed to be doing this thing that's supposed to be fighting my anxiety. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and if you're going to, then I say, then, then just stick with the treadmill because you don't want to create more of a problem for yourself. You know? Yeah. It's such a bummer, you know? (laughs) No, I know. And it pisses, it pisses me off because I run probably through the years, I've had different running partners, but I've run by myself. I would say 85 to 90% of the time when I was training for my first marathon, I remember doing the 18 mile run by myself. Even for the second marathon, I did the 18 mile run by myself. Oh, um, oh my God. But locally we have, and I don't listen to music either. So it's kind of like, that's where it's like, Hey, you gotta get, you gotta like what's going on in your head. Cause I don't listen to music when I run. I tried early on and the earbuds were slipping out. I never found a pair that worked right. And I'm like, guess what? I'm just going to be in tune with the things I see, the things I pass. I'm the one that's like, hey, hi, or oh, do you know they're opening up a new donut shop on route, whatever, because I'm checking all that stuff out. And of course, living in my head a little, but you know, I don't know if you find this, but it, running can be very meditative. So I don't worry about the crap in my head because it it has a really natural way of going in and out and then something else will pop into my head. So it's really nice that way.
1: Yeah, I, I do find with running, like I, because I'm not like a huge fan of it, That <laughs> it's like, all right, when I, uh, like for the next five minutes, I'm going to go at this pace and then I'll take a break after this, that five minutes. But like, it's like a little goal. And then I just get to that five minutes and it's like, oh, I can do another, a couple more minutes at this pace. I'm going to have to, you know, so it's almost like, I don't know how to explain it, but it, yeah, that becomes grounding and like meditative in itself because I'm very present and I, I don't know. Yeah, no,
0: it's it, totally. I, and I, it took me, a while to actually see that about it, that it is so meditative, meditative, but I love it because it's like, if something's on my mind, bothering me, if I was just sitting at home, I dwell. And I'd have to literally say, Janine, don't go down that rabbit hole. And we, you know, move on. But with running, it goes out on its own. It might pop up and I might be like, yeah, I should give that person a call or I should say that something else will pop into my head. And I just, I love that about running. I really, truly do. But, but again, to go back to your safety, you have to do what's right for you. Cause I mean, I've, I've been running before where I was on the trail and I got off the trail because I was uh, nervous. Uh, These two guys just started talking to me and they didn't do anything, but I was like, all right, I'm getting off the trail. And I got out to where there was traffic because I felt uncomfortable, but uh, locally here, we have people who train at a certain time of year for the marathon in October. So it's that road, like years ago, when I was training, I knew I'd see a ton of runners. So you kind of, you get to know where you feel comfortable and where you think you'll be okay. Again, my friend, like I said, my friend, Robert would still say no, Janine, but like, I just hate that idea. Like, you're not going to tell me. That I can't go somewhere by myself because I'm just, I'm not going to subscribe to that.
1: I'm just not. Right. And that's how I feel like when I do like shows out of town and I go by myself, like people be like, oh my God, you're going to drive three hours alone. And I'm like, yeah, I am. You know, not many male comedians do this all the time. It's not a big deal. I drive all the time for my career. Like I got this. I can do it. I'm fine. We're good. The other thing I would say too, is not a
0: bad idea if you do decide to do it, to take a self-defense course, just because that's kind of like peace of mind too. Um, I know I did take one with my friend Robert who does tsunami self-defense. It was like a two, two-part two thing that I took with him and just some basics. And he the way he teaches it, I really appreciate because it's not just like a choreographed move that you might forget. It's like some basics and then he builds on them. So if you do wanna get started and you wanna feel more comfortable and you learn some moves, if that would make you feel better, cause it is important. Like, I think that gives you a little bit of, uh, it arms you with something that you can use if God forbid you ever had to, and maybe it would give you a little bit of peace of mind. That's just another idea.
1: No, I, I've been wanting to do that. I almost did one like eight months ago and then it didn't work out with my time. It was like gonna be a free course. I'm like, oh, this is perfect. Didn't work out, but you're right. I think I'm gonna do it. And a friend of mine from the gym, he and his wife or soon to be wife, they keep offering me to come run with them, but they're like perfect. Like this guy is, he's a marathon runner like you, like he fast, I'm just like, you're gonna leave me. And then I'm gonna be alone on this trail. Like, I don't i don't know how you run with people that are way faster than you. I don't think this is a good idea. So yeah, I haven't taken them up on their offer, but I have some people offering. I'm not fast first of all, but secondly,
0: one thing I will tell you about runners, if they're offering and you, and you're telling them honestly what you do, Runners are, I will, well, not all, cause I can't speak for all runners, but there's something great in the running community. Cause I've come across many of my friends who are much faster than me, but when they say they'll run with you, they're going to adapt to you. And a lot oh, of them, really? yeah, a lot of them really mean it, you know, I mean, cause it depends on what their goals are. Like if they're, if they're training for something, they know what they need to do for that. But if this is a day, like what they call a recovery day, where maybe they're supposed to go slower or whatever, or they're just adding extra miles to what they already did. And they say to you, no, we'll run with you. When people say that they will do it there. Okay. It's very, it's a real dickish person. Trust me. And I've only run across a couple, like really not that many. If they said, oh, I'll stay with you. And then they take off. That's a dick move. And it does not happen very often with runners. It seriously doesn't. Cause if they know. Like now it's another thing. If you're shooting your mouth off, like, yeah, I do a six minute mile or five minute mile, whatever. Like if you're saying that and you're not, that's something, but if you're just honest and say, like for me, I I used to, my fastest might've been nine or 10 minutes. Now I'm down to like 1130, 12, some days I'm slow. And I apologize. And people will tell me all the time, like, listen, Janine, I'm just out here for the fresh air. I'm out here for the extra exercise. Stop apologizing. So if they offer and they know what you're looking to get out of it,
1: trust them. Okay. And he does know because we all did the turkey trot together and like you go and stand where you think like, like if you think you're going to do it in 12 minutes, you stand in that group. And I, my best friend and I, we went to the 12 minute mark and his wife to be went to like the 10 minute mark and he went to like the four minute mark. We're like, okay. So so that's why I'm like, I can't run with him. Like he, you, this guy is like the most fit person in my gym, but you're right. He's so nice. And if he's offering that, I'm sure they're going to like stay back or at least his, his fiance will, Barbie will. And they will trust them (laughs) now if i go with them and they both like peel off and it's like a looney tunes cartoon and i'm just like "Uh oh i'm immediately contacting you and saying you lied to me like you bitch you set me up you said is what happened you said all the thoughts of this were like
0: very small then i want to get on the horn with these people and say what the hell man you're
1: making me look like an asshole out here I'm trying to say the running community is cool, man. You made me look bad. I'm revoking your card, man. Give it to me. Oh my God. Yeah. This guy literally will do like 20 miles and then come and do like an intense, like uh CrossFit kettlebell class. And I'm just like, how? wow, my hat is off to
0: them. Like I have gotten really lazy. So I, 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 but people like that amaze me. That's just fit. And, and, you know, I think it is, it's so good for you. Like I said, I miss it more mentally than anything. I mean, I need it physically, but mentally I just, I'm like, yep, yeah, you got to get back into the routine. Cause it's just, it's such an important piece of my mental health. I know that. So.
1: For sure, and and running gives like a, a a high, and I know they call it the runner's high. That, but like other working out doesn't quite do that. Like I do get this like, even if it's just a mile, I feel so satisfied in running a mile that I'm just like, woohoo! Okay, what a day! Like I'm just in a better mood. Like it really is like an instant happy pill, which is why yeah. it's like, why you can run a mile a day, Gab. You can do that. Your treadmill, you can do that. Well, and uh, I,
0: through the years I've done different, like uh, what they call running streaks. And I like those because then you kind of like, you f- not to put pressure on, but you force yourself like for the streak, you're like, okay, you just need to do a mile. And those are the days or the times when I'd be like, all right, you're on this streak. You want to keep it going. So you just get out and you find a way it's, it's interesting how you can find a way when you think you have to, like when I wasn't doing the streaks, I'm like, oh, it's too late or it's raining or it's this, or it's that. But when I'm doing the streaks, I'm like, I literally the one year, I think it was two, two winters ago, I ran inside my house, up the stairs, down the stairs, out to my kitchen, in the room. I managed to get a mile out
1: of that. I'm like, well, I can count today. It counts. You know, that's awesome. So so what is a streak? It's like, you just do a mile every day for like, like a certain amount of days or yeah
0: it's just streak is just that you don't take a day uh, a day off a break and you can do as many miles as you want but for it to quote unquote count and like I always joke who the hell's counting like who's there's not like a a god runner of the gods it's like you did 0.75 you know it's like but that's supposed to like count like a mile so there are many days where I'm like I just need a mile I just need a mile other days might be two other days might be three and I've done them with like I have a runner magazine they would start it usually sometimes around um I think they do it every year, actually Memorial day, and then have it go through the 4th of July. So I've done that one a couple of times. And then with my Catholic upbringing, you know, of course I was taught, you know, the idea of like giving something up for Lent or doing something nice. And I'll admit now, even though I don't go to church, it's kind of like I say a convenient time frame. So I've done two the past two years, I've done runner streaks for Lent. So I start That's with brilliant. like Ash Wednesday and then finish just, just
1: to have that as a goal more than anything, you know? That's really smart. That's like a great thing to do because I am a sucker for Lent. Like I, I struggle with the Catholic church because, you know, I have a mind and soul and uh, they're more interested in the spirit, but no, I, uh, but yeah, but Lent is like my favorite and I love giving stuff up or, or doing like a positive action every day. So that would be, that's a good thing. Yeah. Good and you're doing it for
0: yourself. Yeah. For yourself. Yeah. Exactly. And that's kind of how I looked at it. Cause it's like, Okay it's not the same as like, Oh, I'm doing like, I'm going to help my neighbor this day or that day. I mean, you could still do that stuff, but it's like, okay, I'm dedicating these 40 days to myself and saying, you need this mentally, you need this physically. So this is what you're going to commit to,
1: you know? No, I love it. I love it. Yeah. I have, my godmother is very, like she's super Catholic. Like, you know what I mean? Like she, despite any flaw, she'd be like, but that's why we have to fight harder. You know, she's very, and she takes everything very seriously. And like all through Lent is like, she doesn't have any sweets, like she doesn't do anything like extra. And then she is just constantly like giving back. She goes to mass every day through Lent. Like she like, so when like all the crap went down with the Catholic church and I went to both my godparents and I'm like, cause both my parents are gone. And I was like, what do you, what do you think? Like, and she was like, stay, you stay with your church. And I go to my godfather who's just like a maniac. And he was like, hey, yeah, man, I say, get away from it. I'll never step foot in the Catholic church again. <laughs> my aunt, Val was like, Henry, what about my funeral? And he's like, all right. I'll go to a Catholic church one more time, vows to you. I'm like, what this advice is horrible. This, I don't know what to take from either of you. I'm just gonna stay Catholic because a whole new baptism is too much at this point. I, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it's it. Too much work at that point. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I say, always say, I stay with the Catholic church. One reason, one reason only, this is in my stand-up, but the true exorcisms. I'm sorry, I like a church. That believes that Satan can possess you and they know how to get him out. So I'm sticking with them. They're the game I believe in. You've given me a whole new way to look at Catholicism. I have to say. Oh, I did that in front of a priest, like this really renowned priest in Pittsburgh. His name's Father Ryan. He has his own art center. He's, my, my parents knew him. He has been at like the same church for hundred years. And I did that bit in front of him. And then after I'm like, hey, I'm sorry I made fun of exorcisms have you ever done one? He's like, I'm not allowed to talk about them. like, but do you know if they're real? He's like, they're definitely real. And I'm not allowed to talk about them. like, I love you, Father Ryan. That's all I needed. I just needed confirmation. Not like that, you know, the other confirmation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He yeah. <laughs> didn't need yeah, another middle I,
1: name or anything. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't need a, yeah. I don't even remember what my, oh, it's Rose. Yeah. I was like, I don't even remember. It's Rose. Mine's
0: Monique actually, but they had to say St. Monica because Monique, I guess is a derivation of
1: that, but yeah. So. I know I was going to say, cause you're not allowed to have like anything, not in the Bible, Too fancy. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just picked Rose, yeah. cause that's my sister's name and my grandmother had just died and that was her name. So I'm like, oh, uh, I'm Rose. That's, I just, you know. that's
0: nice. Uh, speaking of exorcisms and before we wrap up, do you ever watch the show evil? No. What is it? Oh, Gab. Yeah, I think you'd like it. Do you like kind of scary, spooky things? I think you do. Right.
1: Okay. My favorite. Yeah.
0: Evil started out on CBS. It went one season and then it moved to Paramount. I think it's plus, cause of course Paramount has to have two different streaming services. I think it's Paramount plus. And now they've done two more seasons. It is such a good show. It's scary, but also humorous. There's, it's like a a triple, like there are three people who work on the exorcisms. One is the psychiatrist who was raised, like she's abandoned her faith, but so she's the science person. There's uh, a gentleman who's like becoming a priest, but he struggles. And then there's the other guy who's the IT guy, because sometimes they want to see if it's like, well, maybe the bed's shaking because of the nearby whatever and it's really technical or whatever. So it is the stories are great and there are a lot of them are focused on exorcism. So,
1: oh, I already know I'm going to love it. I yeah, you've you, you, used like the conjuring series is like one of my favorite series of all time and I'm obsessed with those two people like yes. You awesome. will enjoy it, and it's and it's not like it's it, it's a
0: good show. Great acting, great stories. Some of them, I literally had to get up and look out, like my i they they scared the hell out of me. I was like looking outside. I'm like, who did I hear a car? What's out there? Like, oh, they do so a good job. They're watching tonight. Yay! It is. It's worth your time. It's good. It's, good. it's
1: evil. It's called evil.
0: Evil. Yes. It, it's Paramount. Plus. So good. Paramount Plus started out on CBS, but now it's on Paramount Plus three seasons. I
1: believe it just wrapped up its third season uh, a couple weeks ago. So you're going to, oh, I'm it. so excited. I needed a new show. I just binge watched the uh, devil in Ohio. It just it came out and I binge watched it the day it came out really good. good is stuff. it? Oh, I I, that's shows. on Netflix. I'm going to have to look for that. Cause yeah. I love murder. shows. That was about a cult. Okay. And I, I, I find cults fascinating too. Not that I, I do feel like I have the, like, that's the weird thing. I feel like I have the personality that is totally perfect for a cult, but I have, I also have the personality where people in a cult are like, we don't know. You're too much. You're, but no, <laughs> no, we don't want you. Get it? Like, I would love to be in a cult. They don't want me. And it's kind of sad. I don't think you seem like, forgive me, but like lost
0: enough. people. I think they go after people who are like, show me the way. Like, I don't get that from you.
1: I'm not lost, but I'm totally like, um... Dullable, And I love people so much that like, if you are selling me on something, I want to be in it with you and I'm going with you and I'm listening. And the next thing I know, I'm in your Winnebago. And I'm like, wait a minute, where are we going now? Like, I just wanted to hear this story. Do I live here? Like I I'm that, and I'm very easily adaptable. So I feel like, okay, I live here now. Um, can I call my sister? No. All right. Uh, you know, I don't know. Okay. From that perspective, I could totally get that. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, like yeah, in a sweet, naive way, that's how I would join a call. Not in the like, yeah.
0: <laughs> so so this is my sleeping
1: quarter by the radiator with the chair. Okay, all right. Small, but I'll adapt. I'll work around it. Am I allowed to tell jokes here and tell mental health awareness stuff? No? Okay.
0: <laughs> well, as usual, Gab, I could gab with you forever. I love talking to you, um, but we're going to wrap it up. Uh, Because I I hope our listeners are still as entertained as we are. But hey, you know, it's hard to say. Um, What is there anything else that you would like to say this evening that we didn't cover or any wonderful parting words that you would like to leave us with?
1: Hmm, what would I I'm, my fake beard? I like to pull on it when I think. Hmm. Is that your
0: is that like the philosopher in you or the devil? Yeah, I've been doing
1: this lately, and everyone's like, why are you doing that? I'm like, I don't know. I just feel like if I had a beard, I would do this a lot, but my beard would be huge and long, pointy and long like a gnome. Um okay, Miss Gab. I, <laughs> I think what I want to leave uh leave your listeners with is um to just really take some time and um, for you, take some time for you, gosh darn it, whatever that means, and not in a way where you put pressure on yourself, like, I gotta take time for me. Like, you know, like if you just feel like following a pretty crow into a field, do it. You know what I mean? Just follow that crow. If there's a cloud that you just want to look at for like 15 extra minutes and you're going to be late, be late. Like people will live. Being late isn't the worst thing in the world. You know, I, I just want people to find those little small joys because I feel like these last few years have just been so awful and tumultuous and just finger pointing and nasty and there are all these like really beautiful little things out there that we're just like, we don't even take the time for. So take a little bit of time, do something for you. I love you. And I'm going to see you when I come to Scranton. And if you're listening from Pittsburgh, come to my shows. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, thank you so
0: much. As always, I this has been such a great pleasure. And I will always say thanks to NAMI, N- N- EPA Chapter, that had you as a guest during the pandemic. That's where I got to see you, and like I said, I was like all fangirling, like, "Oh my god, is she gonna answer my message?" So I am thrilled oh, that we <laughs> we get to talk. I think you're amazing. I can't wait to meet you in the spring and hopefully get to to do a show together. It's gonna be fantastic. I I can't wait for the people of northeastern PA
1: to get your vibe. I think it's gonna be awesome. So oh, I'm so excited. Like I cannot wait. Like I really, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. You're yes. not even ready, Scranton.
0: <laughs> oh, they're not ready. I know they're not ready, <laughs> but they're gonna get ready. I'm gonna get them ready oh, for you. So I'm thank so you so excited.
1: much. This is so cool. Uh so, well, thank S- you for always having me and promoting me and like in just helping me get my my name and my workout. I, I appreciate you so much. You have no idea. I really I love joining you and doing this.
0: Thank you. Like I said, I, I'm just like fangirl. Like, oh my God, she has the time for me because it's such a pleasure. It truly is a pleasure to talk to you because you have something to say that's valuable. You get people to think and laugh and you sure as hell make me laugh and get me to think. uh, I'm I'm thinking of you, Gab, when I'm not giving grace. So (laughs) you're that voice in my head. Give people grace. All right, all right, all right. I'll stop honking when the light turns green. Give give the person a second. I don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do that, I swear. And I don't
1: drive a Lexus, (laughs) so. Oh my God, I know. I got so angry. Meanwhile, I'm a white woman, but I'm just like, you white woman, I hate you. Damn white so woman privilege. Yeah. You're richer than me. Cause you have a Lexus. I just have a Trax.
0: <laughs> I got your basic Honda civic. It's like, there's a million in the parking lot. Wait, this, I literally have tried to get into so many that are not mine because they all look, you know, the same, <laughs> but they're oh, reliable. God. So it's all good. All right. Well, I want to thank you listeners for listening. And as always, uh, I am very proud to present, uh, different women every week that I think have something great to say. And I hope that you've had some laughs uh, that you think maybe a little differently. You're inspired. You've learned something and come back next week. Remember to subscribe and share, please. I want other people to hear this great stuff. And as I always like to say, I appreciate you from the bottom of my heart and the bottom of my wine glass.